Welcome to the Patrick Real Estate Show, where we explore the fascinating world of real estate investing with your host, Patrick Switek. Patrick is a dynamic young entrepreneur and an accomplished real estate investor who's passionate about helping others achieve financial freedom. Each week, we sit down with some of the most inspiring individuals in the real estate industry and delve into their personal journeys, lessons learned, and secrets to their success. Let's dive into this week's episode. Mercedes, welcome to the Patrick Real Estate Show. Mercedes is not only a speaker at conferences like HostCon recently, but she's an educator. She's really well involved in the short-term rental space. She has around 50 properties in the LA, Los Angeles area, which is known as having some of the highest, hardest regulations to to go by. And she's still flourishing as a manager in this area. And she's also an agent and helps people buy homes. So she does a little bit of everything. Um, But I'm really excited just to talk shop and just see where this conversation takes us. A lot of really interesting things that we can talk about. Let's just go with the flow and see how it is. She's got a wealth of knowledge and I'm really excited to, to welcome her to the show. Thanks, Patrick, for that awesome introduction. So excited to talk shop with you. I feel like we live very similar lives. (laughs) We do. And it's funny because every time that what I do in Joshua Tree, the same thing that Mercedes does in LA, and she dominates her market. She's the domain expert in her market. I'm the expert in Joshua Tree market. We really don't venture out beyond that. We're just in our own little markets. We understand it really well. We know what works. We know what doesn't. And I think there's a lot of uh, value to that as well. But I do want you to give a little bit of a story. Tell people how you came about in this world and how did you even get involved in short-term rental investing to begin with? Yeah, I think it all happened on accident. Was it happy little mistakes or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we started off with an empty apartment and it was during COVID and it just wasn't getting bucked because everyone was moving outside of LA during COVID. Obviously, there was no work here. And I was like, let's make this an Airbnb. Let's just put furniture in it and see what happens. Such a rookie that I didn't even know we needed permits for anything. Mm-hmm. So it quickly became an MTR, but it was a wild success. It was it like literally took off. I loved the whole process of it. And I just got like, just went a deep dive and we just started promoting ourselves to a bunch of owners. We did staging. We did interior design at one point. We just did it all to really learn the industry, not even thinking that co-hosting could be like our full-time job. We were like, this could be an awesome side hustle. This is so fun. Never in a million years would I think I'd be doing this every single day. Awesome. And you were a realtor first? No, I was a realtor second. You're a realtor second? Which is so how- also random. So what were you doing in your past life? <laughs> I actually worked for sales and marketing for Four Seasons Resorts. So that's Ooh. like top of the top. It's luxury. I was hired before I even graduated college by the company. And I thought I was a lifer. Like I, I still am a lifer for seasons. Like I only stay for seasons or Airbnb. But no, I was like seriously like one of the youngest like sales managers doing huge accounts internationally. I lived in Mexico for a long time. I opened resorts for them. I was traveling a bunch for the company, and then I got let go of COVID, and that's when I took our empty apartment 
and made it to an Airbnb. And it's funny now because a lot of my colleagues follow me, my directors follow me, and they're like, <laughs> I had no idea there was money in this. That's crazy. And do you think that experience in hospitality actually helped you in the short-term rental realm? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been talking about rough par, about nightly rates. I have been talking those terms forever. I went to hospitality, high school, I went to hospitality, college. So this has been my life for a long time. It's just funny that we can relate those terms to a home, to a house. So I think I'm a little, I'm very lucky to have that knowledge behind me when it comes down to numbers. And I really think it plays a big part of our success. hundred percent. And okay, so you made a transition into something that you were pretty knowledgeable about, but it almost came about by accident. You did the MTR. For people that don't know, it's a midterm rental, 30 plus days. And from there, what made you, was it the money that was coming in that made you decide, wow, I have something here? Yeah, it was, was literally, it? I enjoyed the process. And I had time because I wasn't, we were all laid off. I was working internationally, so our borders were closed. I couldn't travel. So I was one of the first sales managers to get let go. So I had the time on my hands. The money was really helpful, obviously. But no, I really enjoyed the process of it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I think that's really important. So you found something that you actually enjoyed. Did you enjoy what you were doing at the previous job? Oh, yeah. Patrick, I was a lifer. Okay. I Life loved for it yeah, yeah. Sometimes i still miss it sometimes i really do <laughs> what was the date can i know the day-to-day -day of that work because usually people that leave the corporate life they just don't want anything to do with it and so it's just I, crazy no i loved it i think it's seriously like my day-to-day -day is my day-to-day -day now like we would have pipeline mm -hmm. meetings we'd have sales meetings we talk about big reservations coming up i was in sales so my job was more to like book like corporate events or book like incentive trips for like big companies who would take their top performers to four seasons with their spouses for like so i was really working with the experience and booking that experience within four seasons so my day was full of meetings and entertaining clients that's literally what it was or traveling to other resorts to experience it to then tell my client you gotta go check out four seasons whatever hawaii because like it's the best so my day-to-day -day was really the same to what it is right now so you weren't managing just one hotel. It was sales across the brand. It was, yeah, it was like bundled up. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a really cool job. So it was, it's based in LA. So no, I lived, I have lived all over Seattle, St. Wow. Louis, Mexico. I opened Cabo and LA offices. I've done task force. Yeah. It was all over, but my last Stinked, like with Four Seasons, was opening up Cabo, which is their mm. brand new resort in Mexico. And wow. So I was based in LA, but was traveling to Cabo 20 days out of the month. Oh my God. So you literally lived the life. You oh, were vacationing yeah. for free. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had the best life. It's a, it's fun. It's really fun. No complaints about my past corporate life. Wow. You had this great life and obviously took the opportunity to this new life. So what made you want to really dive deeper into short-term rentals and actually build the empire that you built right now? I think there was a really big need and every business owner or every anybody savvy in business knows that when you create a business, like you're solving someone's problem. And I just remember going to Airbnbs like with friend groups or bachelorette trips and horrible horrible stays. The pool was dirty. We couldn't use it. The location wasn't correct on there. So many things. And I was like, I think there's opportunity here 
to really enhance B&B experiences, taking like a luxury approach to it. And that's like how it evolved. Fun fact, before we're MBX homes, I was like, maybe we could be like MB experiences. I don't know, like playing around because that's what we were really trying to emphasize on. But then it, like it evolved into this crazy business. And now it's all about like relationship building and I think when you co-host, you could you have the ability to like mold your own business. Mm-hmm. Every co-host has a different story. Every co-host has a different way they run their business, which is so awesome. But I think it gives you the opportunity to like mold it and see what you can gain out of it. Yeah, totally. And where did you go from? So you had this need. You felt this, there's this need. How did you go about getting your clientele from the start? We we're really hustling on Facebook groups. I've said this a ton, but every major city or like even Joshua Tree, I'm sure has Airbnb house, whatever that city is there. People love to vent on there and go there when they have a problem. So we took that negative connotation to it and started DMing owners on there and offering our services as maybe uh, as a solution. Or we would see a lot like, oh, I have to leave for three weeks. Can somebody help me like handle my cleaners? Like we would DM them and then handle their cleaners for three weeks. And then they eventually evolved into a full-time client of ours. So we really just saw the problem and tried to solve it. Um, So we did a lot on Facebook. Thumbtack, do you know that app? Yes, I know Thumbtack. You could list yourself as a property manager for a vacation home on there. How many do you th- how many leads do you think you got from there? One of our best clients, two of our best clients came from Thumbtack. They're still wow. our clients to this day and they have referred us to other clients. We no longer use Thumbtack, but honestly like when you get a great client off of there, like why not? We did that and then social media, like we posted a ton on our TikTok with everything during COVID and we gained a lot of mm-hmm. clients from there too. That's awesome. Yeah, I've realized that Facebook groups is my secret sauce too. Oh, That's yeah. how I got so many clients in the beginning. I demonstrated myself as a market expert. I would, like you said, solve problems all the time for other people. But mm-hmm. also I would make videos that showcased ways that you where to buy or how much money you can make depending on the area that you have your Airbnb in. And so these educational videos turned into clientele because people started trusting me really quickly. And that has been my secret sauce for sure. And it's really easy to tell when somebody needs a short-term rental before they even need the management. I like to see people that are doing construction. At least that in LA is a huge, or sorry, not LA. Joshua Tree is a huge probably going to be a vacation rental. Yeah. It's probably going to be a vacation rental. Somebody's going out there. They're doing construction because they're probably doing value add. There's a lot of really not so nice homes out there. And so I knew that the moment people start asking for Venetian plaster, I'm like, there's no way somebody in that area is going to put Venetian plaster in their (laughs) property. Right. Um, Maybe, I, I don't know, but most times it's somebody that's doing an Airbnb. So that's, how I did it and it worked really well but I it's crazy how you have the same strategy but for LA yeah it's just Mm -hmm. about putting your name out there if Mm -hmm. nobody knows what you're doing how are they going to contact you yep and social media is another good way so that's great and we're really referral based now too so I'm sure you are as well yeah 100 percent. and from there right obviously like Joshua Tree not as much is not as referral based as you'd think it's more so the vendors that refer than clients interesting yeah vendors most times have connections where like you'll have a developer will reach out to you or they know me as like the joshua tree guy and they'll 
reach out to mm. me. But that's because people just, I guess referrals too, but people say, oh, I know a guy that keeps posting on my freaking, he shows up every day <laughs> on my story. He does Joshua Tree Love stuff. So, yeah, social media does really well. But I wanted to dive a little bit more into, so you scaled, you got into the, you have a lot now, you have 50. Let's talk about one of the biggest things about Ale, which is very different from Joshua Tree, is I think, in my opinion, LA has more, a copious amounts of more regulations because of just the nature of the area. But I wanted to hear a little bit more about how you navigate that. Yeah, so in LA proper, city of LA, you need to have a permit to STR. And people think you can get away with that, but the truth is Airbnb and the city are like this. You can't even post a listing without a permit number. It's not even gonna allow you to open up the calendar for less than 30 days. Obviously there's loopholes. The loophole is you could do midterm, there's different things you could do, but all you have to have a permit. It's with the city. It takes about four weeks to get. The biggest thing is your license has to be that address. So if you're the homeowner, mm. you have to have that license, that address on your license. It's really tough to arbitrage here. We actually personally don't work with arbitrage clients. We only work with homeowners and that's for a very specific reason, but it's just a lot harder to get approved. It takes a longer process. There's a lot going on with arbitrage. So we stay mm. away from that here. But yeah, you just really have to navigate and we really help our owners in that process. We don't necessarily file the permit, but we go to city hall meetings. We're like, literally, we're very involved. I'm sure you see me post about it all the time. There's a new like policy trying to get into effect. Like we've been at city hall meetings, we're on Zoom meetings. We represent our clients. We invite our clients there because our clients are busy, like their wow. own lives. They can't just sit on a Zoom call at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. It's just not possible. So we really just try to be like that representative for them. We want to show value. Right. And that consulting piece is, makes you more than just a co-host or any other kind of co-host. It's a really about like client customer experience and making sure they're happy and like doing stuff for them. Like, yeah. Or we've had a ton of other like real estate agents who have contacted me and they've asked me to do consults with their clients because they're trying to close on this. Right. And it's going to be an investment mm -hmm. property and they want to see how they're going to make money on it. So we've done a lot of partnerships that way. And we've gotten a lot of clients that way just by sharing our knowledge, doing a free consult, we'll gain a, a client that way. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And and why LA? Like, why would you want to go to a place like LA versus try to do the same thing in a place that's a little bit more friendly for regulations and things of that nature, or a place with no regulations? I don't. I think we again we fell in it accidentally. So I live in LA, so mm -hmm. it's like easy to do it here. Mm -hmm. And on, honestly, there's always something going on here. There's always yeah. people traveling here. There's so many different industries you wouldn't even think about besides the entertainment industry. There's a lot going on. We're always busy. So yeah, I could take my expertise elsewhere, but maybe it could be really seasonal. And then we're only really getting booked on the summer and then our winters flop. So at least here we have a consistent occupancy of 70%. And that might seem really low to some people, but if you're 70% across 12 months, that's more than being at like 90% for four months and then like 20 of the rest, which mm -hmm. happens a lot. So of course LA still has their slow times, but pretty much we're always cash flowing. Yeah. And so is there any risks for homeowners that buy in this area or risks for you as somebody that has homes in this area? Risk as a permitting risk? The permit process can be yeah, taken away? Or, 
yeah, like your permit being taken away or you not being able to STR it anymore and losing money a, on your investment. That's mm-hmm. a risk anywhere. That's mm-hmm. a risk anywhere. Look at Dallas. Like everyone mm-hmm. who just bought single family homes now can't even STR there. Look at New York. We all saw that coming. But I think yeah. it's a risk anywhere. The benefit about doing it in LA is there's a lot of people who come for work. There's a lot of relocation. So midterms do very well. So if whatever reason your permit doesn't get renewed or, you know, maybe you got like a violation happen, like, I mean, that hasn't happened to us, but I'm sure it's happened to other people. You could always shift your strategy. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. So do you recommend people underwrite for midterm rentals and short-term rentals? Yes, I do. You do. Okay. So how do you underwrite a midterm rental? So I honestly, we just call it a furnished lease. So anywhere, especially in LA, a lot of people love to lease furnished because LA can be a little bit like a landing pad for some people or like a transitional thing. So I always just say, put the market rate and say, you're going to do it furnished. So you're going to up it by 1.5 it or 2x it. Because right. it's coming furnished, utilities are included. So we really don't look at it as an MTR. We look at it as just a furnished rental. And I do a so, lot of furnished rental business, a lot. And even though it's month to month. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. In LA, okay. after your lease is up, you're automatically month to month. Yeah. So who comes in for a month to month lease to LA? I oh know we gosh. talk about this. I got people coming for projects. That's huge. Whatever type of project they're doing, we get a lot of screenwriters. I get a lot of production people. Mm. I get construction people a lot too, which is random, but I get a lot of construction. I get athletes who are training here, going to rehab. Not like rehab, but like rehab for their muscles. (laughs) We get a lot of that for the summertime Mm. during their off season. Yeah, we get a ton. Yeah, and so... That I think that's another thing that's really different about LA from Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree, you can rely, for the most part, you can rely on the platforms and they'll fund all your short-term rental business in terms of guests in your place. But from what I've seen in LA, you have to develop a little bit more deeper partnerships to be able to do that. And I know that, Mercedes, you definitely showed me that, especially when we went downtown and you gave us a tour of your some of the partnerships that you've created in the area that allowed you to, for instance, uh, short-term rent or mid-term rent units in buildings where other people might not have the opportunity to do that just because of the relationships you formed. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I think that's actually a great uh, pivoting point, Patrick, because a lot of people think you had MTR, like any condo and anything Mm -hmm. like that. The truth is the HOA it's going to hound on you. Like a lot of HOAs don't allow leases that are under three months or leases that are under six months. So if you have an HOA that's hounding down on you, you can't even midterm because a midterm 30 night stay, five weeks stay, whatever. So if you find like a really like MTR friendly building, like how amazing is that? That they're like supporting that and they understand that a lot of people are traveling that way. Also, Fun fact, a lot of savvy travelers will actually book 31 nights versus 20 nights because they don't have to pay taxes. Mm. A lot of travelers will actually book a longer stay and not even use that because they're still saving so much on the 14% LA tax. Oh, so you could do 31 days and then avoid, even even if you're staying there for 25 days, it might actually pencil in a lot better. Interesting. And a lot, like a lot of corporate travelers are like savvy of that. Mm. So how do you get to the corporate travelers? How do you, 
what kind of partnerships have you you've met a couple people that do development in downtown and leasing and all that kind of stuff how do you even get into those circles i think being an agent has really helped one like we're in those circles because we've put our foot forward we've really have just really connected with a lot of people also i sometimes get a lead from like a repeat client and let's say they're not necessarily looking to stay one of my homes but they know we have a really good product. They know we took care of them. And they're like, hey, like I'm coming back to LA. Would you be able to find me something like an Encino? And like, maybe we don't have nothing in Encino. Maybe nothing's available. We will actually go on like MLS and find a furnished rental on there and see if we could get Ooh. them booked. And then me and that agent now connect, right? And now that agent mm. knows what I do. And now they're going to keep referring to us. And they're like, oh, we've had some corporate travelers. And like when they have repeat clients, they're going to push them to me. So I really, your network is your net worth. Like, God, like that should be on so many t-shirts, but (laughs) yeah, no, it's huge. I wish I could tell you a big secret, but the secret is to just be out there and be talking to people. And I also don't say no to a lot of opportunities. I think an opportunity knocks, you should at least see what's up, see if it's going to work for you. Cause you never know who you're going to meet with that opportunity or what it's going to lead to. 100%. And yeah, it's similar to what we do in Joshua Tree too, where we'll like one of our best properties that we've ever gotten was because we called up an agent to ask about a house and just asking, hey, if you're selling this, would you mind putting our name forward for management? We'd give you a referral, that kind of thing. And the developer turns out to be a developer of another property that he's looking to list. And that property was my prism. It was that really oh, incredible yeah. property. And now we're, we're good friends with the owners now. And it's crazy because they, they do a lot of business just in general in the desert area. So it's a good relationship to have. But also we've helped them tremendously in there in what they've done. So I think it's like a win. But agents, I've realized, have so much networking oh, capabilities. Yeah. They know a lot of people from what I've seen. So do you do you think that agents have opened more doors for you or is there anybody else that you specifically look out for? No, I think other agents have opened huge doors for us and as well as like our clients. Like honestly, our clients refer us all the time, mm-hmm. especially here in LA. They probably have had a long-term renter for seven years and they're like, okay, yeah. like they're finally leaving. So now we're going to do a little reno and mm. then we're going to call you because I want to do the midterm strategy because less wear and tear, more money. And my friends are making a killer with you. So why shouldn't I? Um, so we 100% like that is how we get our business. That's awesome. And you don't do any outreach. You don't do, you don't call up. On <laughs> I any should probably do that. No, yeah. but honestly, like. We're not. And I think a big thing is I don't want to just get mediocre properties here and there. We really want to make sure like our owners are ready to do this. They know they have to put the money in to furnish it. They're going to make a killer. Like we want to partner with a really great homeowner. So I'd rather the homeowner honestly reach out to us and show us what they have and see how we can enhance that. Yeah. I've also dealt with both leads a little bit. Most of ours are people coming to us and wanting to work with us. Mm-hmm. And I've realized the more times that people that I reach out to people, it's more like pulling teeth. 
So yeah. I, they don't because they don't have they don't have the conviction that hey I need this. It's more like you got to tell them, you got to convince them. Versus hey I need this. Yeah. And you're the person to solve it is a very different conversation than oh my god I don't even know if I need this. It's girl you need this. Like <laughs> I know I will say though I do outreach for internal like for our guest. So mm. I will make sure that we touch on uh, previous guests. We'll touch on other travel agents. A lot of our corporate travelers like, oh, are you going to come travel to L.A. for Q3 again? Let me know. We do a lot of outreach for our guests, for our bookings. Because what's the point of having all these wonderful homes if they're not getting booked? <laughs> yeah. We do a lot of direct bookings that way. Awesome. So where do you keep your database of direct booking contacts? Great question. So we, it's funny because since they're direct bookings, they have to pay via Stripe or we invoice them QuickBooks. So they're in our system that way. But we also have these internal trackers that I wish were more sophisticated, Patrick, but they're not. But it's basically a tracker system for every home. It goes by month. And my homeowner has access to view this in real time. So Mm. it's Patrick booked. Reason for stay was scouting locations Mm. for a film he's coming for these days with four guests and a dog and he paid this much so we know exactly who you're who you are why you're coming how much you paid so we could literally go back be like okay december 2022 who stayed in this home maybe they're going to come back so we have this internal tracker for a few reasons but primarily it's to seriously see why people are coming return get yeah <clears throat> and then you have a lot better data. That's crazy. So my friend from Chicago, you know how many times this is the, literally the most crazy thing. So this happened to me multiple times already. Okay. And I don't think I've ever told you, but people will reach out to me multiple times. will say, Patrick, you live in LA and you're the Airbnb guy. Do you have any rentals? And I'm coming in LA yeah. Do you have any rentals in this area. And I'm like, dude, I'm all in Joshua Tree. And they're like, oh, oh that's, that's two so hours funny. away. <laughs> and so I, I've referred like three or four people, I think at this point, to you. I just send them what? to your Where website. Where are they? That's so I funny. don't know if they book, but I'm just like, just tell her that if you do book. But for instance, this recently happened. My friend's coming in on this Thursday, I believe, Hi. for a game at the Staples Center. And I'm like... Crypto. Yeah, at Crypto <laughs> Arena. And so... In a Lakers game. And so I'm like... How about stay? We have downtown. He could walk to crypto. I, li- I literally was like... I remember I was like, I have a feeling that Mercedes has properties that are literally walking distance yeah. to crypto. But it shows. It's on the Thursday night. There's always something going on in downtown. Always. And I think... And I asked him, like, why are you gonna, why do you need a place to stay? Like, because you already have an Airbnb. And he was like, I don't want to drive home at night. Exactly. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, we got a lot of local people, like, maybe live, like, in Ontario, Anaheim. And they're just like, we want to have a good time and not drive home. Which, honestly, thanks for being a safe driver. And thanks mm-hmm. for coming to stay at Airbnb. So we actually, that's a great thing. We do pivot our, like, minimum stays, like, when we know there's a big game in town or something's happening. We'll do one night stays and stuff. Nice. Before I I was like, no, two night minimum. But yeah. So one night minimums have been good for you. Like it has increased our monthly revenue a ton. We've realized that too. So don't sleep on the one night bookings at all. (laughs) No, they're good. The calendar will work itself out. Yeah. I think what would be really nice for you, I'm just thinking off whim right now, but I think what would be really cool is market my STR for you. Have you heard of that? What was that? Market my STR. No, it's that. 
So Bill Faith, mm-hmm. big guy in our industry, mm-hmm. started this company called MarketMySTR. It's a CRM. So it actually c- keeps all of your contacts, all your direct booking contacts in one place. And then you can actually build landing pages and push them to those landing pages with emails. You can send emails through it. You can build landing pages. No. You can do Facebook ads with the landing pages. You could do like <clears throat> social media planning with it. You could, it's That's everything. That's really cool. That's it five things in one. It's literally everything in one for marketing. And I think that would be really useful for you. Yeah. Considering that you have all these, I don't even know how you're tracking all this stuff, but I think that'd be really it's cool. It's all in there. Yeah, it's all in there. So we do we do a lot of email marketing actually. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I think that they do I don't want to say what it is because it might change, but I think they were doing discounts for like a hundred dollars a month, which is not bad considering it has five to ten different yeah. products in one. They have you could do websites too, they could build websites for you. It's crazy. It's pretty awesome. But anyways, just wanted to chime that in. If anybody wants to learn about it, it's market my STR, feel free. I don't get anything from it, but <laughs> no, if you want to drop my I name. I love that. <laughs> I will say that this industry yeah. is very giving, though. Mm-hmm. Like, people are always yeah. like, you have to try this. You have to do this. So it's a good industry to be in. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, yeah, so as we're talking about just rentals and management, let's talk a little. I want to talk a little bit about some crazy – because I know Joshua Tree, people go there to relax, most times. So it's very tame. But I want to hear a little bit more about LA. How's LA for guests? Are there crazy guests? Do you guys get parties? How do you do manage all of that? Yeah, so we don't have too many wild stories. I love a good crazy story, but I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> I just did a YouTube, actually. It went viral on a guest who I had to do a $10,000 damage claim for. Wow. So that was pretty insane. It was a midterm. Yeah, they're big YouTubers. They have like over 800K subscribers. They're huge YouTubers. And they were here to like film content, to launch a like pro- product line. So they booked three months. Oh my God. It was like hell on earth. They ruined everything like on purpose and they were just like nasty. And anyways, go to YouTube, like no plug. But that one was really <laughs> a $10,000 claim. And Airbnb gave wow. us every single dollar for it. And I think I air saw cover, that. Air cover, air cover came crazy. through. Yeah. So that, and I, why, why don't people like air cover? Like people don't like Airbnb. They think air cover is a scam. No. I, I've had great experience I've with air cover. I've had great experience with air cover. I think it's all, we had everything documented. Mm. I had to send a Dropbox link to the support mm. agent because that's how much evidence we had. It was like timelined. It was literally detailed with notes. I think if you're an organized host, you can't just be a, you can't just go on air cover and be like, my sheet was stained. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to get money. It's just like for real problems that are happening. And I think a lot of hosts have to remember what wear and tear is and what is, you really ruined this for mm. me. Okay, a stained towel, like we're not going to charge a guest for that. What was wrong with the place? Did they like break the couch? And so they, they just wanted to get out of it. First mm. off, let's just start first. They, I walked did the walkthrough actually because mm. this house is it's in the hills and it's a little different it's like a tiny home on the bottom and then a separate home up top and then a rooftop so it's a really special property where we have to really walk through and explain to the people like this how all this works it's like a kosher mm. kitchen like there's a lot going on we did the walkthrough and they loved it okay they were like oh this is awesome we're from michigan we love nature this is in the hills this is so cool i was like yeah <laughs> awesome and I was like, hey, your car's really low. It's a charger or something like that. Mm. And I was like, your car's not going to make it. Because I used to have a low car and, it, and my car would never clear that hill. I was like, 
we own the vacant lot next door, use that lot. Like we're not selling it right now, just parked there. Two weeks later, he my car got sideswept. I said, where did you park it? He goes, on the street, like you told me. When I, we saw the camera, this is the sidewalk, this is the car. It's like all the way over here. So I was like, dude, you need to call your car insurance. I'm not paying you. He wanted us to pay $16,000 for his car damage. And I said, Ooh. you need to contact your car insurance. That's not my problem. It didn't even happen on the property. It happened on the public property. <laughs> so it started off with that. And I think he was like pretty pissed that like we weren't going to cover it for him. And then it just went downhill from there. Oh, Patrick, you're frozen. Oh. But yeah, when we basically like they clogged all of our sewage pipes, it's a septic tank. So they purposely clogged everything. We have evidence of it. They put all of our dishes outside for us to use their egg hunt when they checked out. Oh my God. They told us there was cockroaches. And then when we went, it was because they haven't done dishes in four weeks. So that's why there was cockroaches. Thank you for bringing them into our house. So yeah, we had to get everything like fixed. We had to get fumigated. We had to get, we had a new check in two weeks later. So we had a two week window to like really flip this house over. And now these guests actually keep extending. They love it. So it's really funny how a guest can be really just mean to you. Wow. I yeah. am blown away. Take your plates and make you do like an Go Easter watch the video, Patrick. You're literally going to see like a frying pan next to a tree with eggs on it. I swear to God. <laughs> I was like, it That's was pretty awesome. funny. If it, it didn't happen funny. to you, it's it pretty was, funny. Honestly, it was, funny. it was funny. And I knew it was going to be fine. Because at the end of the day, it's just stuff. Oh. Yeah, the, the pipes suck, but like we got it fixed. But Air Cover gave us all the money. How much was it? You said ten thousand. It was right. It was right under ten thousand. Yeah. And they covered all of it. We got eight thousand wow. nine hundred because they took the depreciation into the couch. That was literally what they nicked us on. But I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. That's which we'll, is we'll uh, air that. cover does take depreciation into effect, so that makes total sense. But yeah, we won the entire case. So I actually had a couch that got totally like I think I mentioned this before, but got totally freaking like somebody stabbed the couch and like. I don't know what happened, but it was this big hole in the couch. And Air Cover gave us the full amount for the couch, and oh, we just nice. sewed it up. Oh, uh, yeah. It's fine. I mean, you have to pay for someone to sew it up. Like, why should that come yeah. out of your own pocket? True. Air Cover has been really good to us. So, thank, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and, and did that video, did that give you any clients, that video? It didn't give me clients. I don't know. We get calls all the time from YouTube, which has been really awesome. But people did ask for a part two, so we did do a part two. <laughs> Ooh. So it's not up yet? It is up. Yeah, it's up. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. So now I got to really explore. I know you're popping off on social media in general. That's why I was yeah. asking about the bad host situation, because I see you like having videos all the time oh, about yeah. different I, aspects of the business. Yeah. We try to give real life situations like i'm a no fluff type of gal i'm like this what's going yeah. on is how we fix things yeah it's fun it's silly it, it always happens and honestly our volume is so high right like we have 50 properties so we are accepting minimum minimum we have 25 different parties every weekend at least half oh let's say God. right besides our midterms that are probably booked but you're gonna have one lemon with that much volume it sucks for the owner because they're like this is my first lemon but i'm like we got it. We got you <laughs> I'm we like, got this it. is nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I know some owners are like, oh my God, they, this was the worst experience ever. I got like Sharpie on my 
whatever. I'm like, dude, that's like, like you'll sand 20 it. Bucks. You'll, you'll repaint it. It's yeah, fine. Well, yeah. It's not a big deal. And then they look at us like we're crazy. Like, how dare they bring a dog into my place? And, I know. So yeah, I try not to work with emotionally attached clients, which is a big one here. Do you say no to a lot of clients? Now we do. You do? Now we do. Only because, and especially in LA, it's usually like they inherited the home. They grew up mm. there. Now it's there. Now they're turning to midterm. So a lot of emotional attachment. So I grew up here. Like my first birthday was here. And I was like, fabulous. But you're going to have strangers coming in and out. So are you ready? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's different than like you living there or when people buy furniture that they like, or if it's like designer mm. and it's vintage and it's hard to get replaced, I'm like, are you sure you want this here? Yes. Our, one of our clients, fun fact, bought a, or debated about buying this art piece that was really cool. I liked the idea of it, but it was, I think, it, I forgot how exactly how much it was, but it was like, I think it was like around $20,000. Yeah, And <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe we should skip out on that <laughs> just because never know. Somebody might break it. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, you have to be careful. But cool. So let's, I want to dive in a little bit more on just, because we're all over the place, but I, I want to dive a little more on the, just like the seasonality and like how you fill seasonality with midterm rentals and partnerships and how you do all that. Yeah, of course. So I guess LA is seasonal in a way. For instance, December, we know a lot of people come for Christmas and New Year's, but the first two weeks is slow. Oh. I guess our seasonality is weekly in a crazy way mm. versus whole months at a time, which I will take. And I think that's why we really stay at a good 65 to 70% occupancy but we're still cash flowing because they're higher rates or we know we know when to flex rates when there's happenings in the city, big games, like we understand that stuff. So now I'm filling in gaps with other ways. I touched base a little bit, but we do a lot of filmings at our properties. So that's a huge market that we have tapped into. Mm. So in January, like LA film schools have their thesis. So we get a lot of students who need to film, do a three day short film. So we've actually partnered with the school. So now they give us a budget about $3,000 for three days. And their, their students will use the B&B to film their short film, which is awesome because they're students, right? They're right. first time doing this. Damage is minimal, like no damage. Like they're too scared to damage anything because it's their grade. And 3000 bucks for three days in January? Of course. That's so solid. Because now of you're course. filling, because it's off season, right? Technically, it's off season, yeah. <laughs> January, we're really only getting like MLK weekend, a three day booked, and we're getting like Rose Bowl booked, New Year's. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So it's definitely one of those times. And so with those film, like who do you talk to? Do you just do you reach out to the school or how do you do those kind of partnerships? It's funny, like they find us. So we do less on like Peer Space, Gigster. Like we're, we are all over the platforms, which is good because that's why Peer we're space. getting. Yeah, we're on all the platforms. And we usually get like one really great booking. And then we will tell them like, hey, connect us with like your professor. Like we'd love to like partner with you guys for future. Like we have multiple homes, like multiple students can use the home the same weekend. It's pretty great. So we take one inquiry from any platform and then try to go off platform with them. Got That's it. How really been like a secret sauce. It's really been working. So what? why off platform? You get more money because you don't have to pay the fees. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So do you, what's the 
percentage of off-platform versus on-platform booking? It's not a 15% percent difference. No, no, no. But what's the difference between... Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like the booking revenue difference. I think... Actually, I didn't even know that. So 50% more. Is it because of 15. the lodging? One five. 15. Yeah, yeah. 50. it's, it's 15, because of the lodging yeah. tax or Airbnb or peer space. Like all these people are taking a cut and we're the last ones yeah. to get a cut. So... Great. Yeah, that's about a 15% difference, and that adds up, especially on a high ticket, like a $3,000 booking, obviously. Yeah. But our ratio right now, honestly, we're 50-50. Wow. Direct it's, bookings and platform bookings? Yes, it's 50-50. Like, when we log into our PMS, you'll see direct, Google direct, website yeah. direct, and then it's like Airbnb, VRBO. It is crazy how we're 50-50 right now. Is it because of the midterm rental bookings? Oh, They're longer, or just in general? It's a mix it's based of on how many days or is it based on? No, this is like bookings coming in. Bookings. Wow. Yeah. Amount of people. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. People will literally text or email us first before even going on Airbnb right now to book. Do you think that's your secret sauce? I think so. Do you I think, think so. other hosts are doing that or not no. really? No, I think they're scared. What I think is- a lot of hosts are scared because you don't have that security blanket. Mm. I actually had to convince an owner to go off platform with a midterm. I was like, listen, you lost honestly almost $2,000 with all the fees. Almost 2000 I was like, you, they're willing to pay the same amount they paid on Airbnb just off platform. You're going to get that much more in your pocket. And she's like, yeah, but squatters. I'm like, Airbnb is not going to cover you <laughs> off squatters. They're not going to care about that. They only going to cover you for damages. So we're just going to charge them a refundable security deposit. Same thing. So you, oh, mm-hmm. so you do the security deposits. That's how you for monthlies. Oh yeah. For monthlies for sure. Okay. And what about like, just we, let's say it's a week long stay. We have like you, their credit card on file so we can charge it. You have their credit card. Do you have the agreement in place? that shows like you can charge yeah. it. Okay. Smart. Can, we do have an agreement set up with our direct booking website. Got it. That's, I think that is, I think that's huge. I personally, I talk about Airbnb being an amazing platform. I think it is an amazing platform. I do love it, but they've done me dirty a few times, Patrick. They've done you dirty. How Mercedes? They've done me dirty. I'm not gonna lie. Like I had a. They did give you almost ten thousand dollars that one time. They did do that, but for instance, I had a same day booking come Mm -hmm. in inquiry. They blocked it because they thought it was gonna be a party. Ooh. This was going to be a payout was going to be $1,700 wow. for a two night stay at one of our Beverly Hills properties. And I was like, I need this booking. Like this booking will push them into cash flow for the month. I was like, no. yes, $1,700 for two days, dude. And I was like, no, like they're not blocking this. And the guest, he had 36 five star reviews. Wow. I think what the flag was that he only put one guest and it was a big house. I think what the flag was is that he only put one guest for a big house because he was asking questions about stuff. And I think that's what flagged. And then when I was like, he was booking it for his boss and his boss's like wife and nanny. He was like an assistant. Long story short, I typed M, enter B, enter X, homes, C-O-M dot com. He booked on our direct booking website. And then we ended up getting $1,900 instead of $1,700 because of the fees. That is awesome. And I was I, like, I don't care. I need that booking. Savage. Mercedes went savage. Sorry, Airbnb. <laughs> but I've done it a few times. I've done it a few times too. I'm like, hey, sometimes hey, next time you come back, just stays you like. Feel free we to are. Here's a little trick for you host out there. Mm. You know, in a mm. review, like when they review you, 
Mm. We always say thank you so much. Next time you're coming to LA, visit mbxhomes.com for a direct booking. Mm. Can you do that? Did never do anything to you? No. Mm. Or I don't think we put .com. I think we do Instagram because Instagram's just the handle. Oh, yes. That's what we do too. I think that's what we do actually. Mm. I should probably know that. But I know yeah. we for sure invite them back and we get a lot of um, bookings Repeat. that way too. That's awesome. Great. So Mercedes, I want to get to the last three questions and wrap okay. this up. One of the questions is going to be a special question just for you. Oh, thank you. And the first one is going to be, what's your favorite book that you'd recommend to other people? doesn't have to be real estate related. Mm, that's a great question. Patrick, I'm not a big reader. These are like <laughs> fake. Uh- you have some books in the background. For the background. I really don't have a favorite book. I'm so sorry. I don't have one. I'm not a reader. <laughs> so are those books just on display in the back? I literally have Kim Kardashian's selfie book on there. I don't know if you can see that. It's not that fancy. Oh, Atomic Habits is a really good book, actually. There you I go. did read that. It's great. It just takes a lot for me to read. But no, my boyfriend's a big reader. <laughs> All right. So Kim Kardashian and No, Atomic that's not Habits. my favorite book, but it's on there. <laughs> she made the shelf. favorite book is Kim Kardashian's <laughs> Selfie Secrets. It's such okay. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. What's uh, Mercedes working on? What is she really, what's her future look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So future is looking bright. 2024 is almost here. Let's go. So we are working a lot on repeat guests. We're doing a lot of email marketing. We're really like working that data. It's been really helpful for us. But I am an agent, so I'm really pushing, pushing my agent career as well because the business I'm so blessed. It's really running itself. I have such great systems in place. We have such a great team that I think my job should be being out there, being an agent, making connections, getting us really great new properties. So my whole mindset has really shifted. I'm obviously still here for my clients. I talk to my clients all the time, but just to really do some cool new things here in LA. And we're working on acquiring a few more motels. We have one in Michigan right now. So hopefully in 2024, my goal is to obtain like at least two more. Leagues with the hotels. So I think 2024 (laughs) is going to be a great year. That's awesome. And I have and to make it for Joshua Tree in 2024. <laughs> yes, I know. I invited you so many times. I I'm know, like, you should I come. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one one question for you specifically, Mercedes. Let's just say that you don't live in LA anymore. Okay. You live wherever you want to be. You want to take this experience that you created, this beautiful thing, and you could do it anywhere in the world. Where would you do it? As in, where would I work remotely from or where would I take this business elsewhere? Take this bit. Like you would just, let's say you would have to restart. You that sold this business, question. whatever. You restart. Which area would you restart it in? I think I would do like a very vacation heavy destination, like an island somewhere like in the Caribbean, somewhere Ooh. so fun where you can, there's a lot of managers out there, but I don't think... Like they understand like the systems and the soft. There's so much opportunity to grow in like those type of markets. And again, always booked. You have your snowbirds, you have your summertime Mm -hmm. travels, you have your spring breakers. Like again, very consistent bookings. I would plant myself on an island somewhere and start all (laughs) over. Until COVID, Mercedes, and then all of a sudden nobody's flying in and you're I know, that's a different story. But it happened in LA too, honestly. It really did happen here. It could happen anywhere. But I think any market that is 
vacation ready. Okay, cool. Is there a specific one you're thinking of? Because you're thinking of an island. I'm like trying to picture this oh, island. Oh, could be any island. Aruba. Any island? Just <laughs> po- point at the map. Just that Let's island go. right there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the wrong side of the world. You're in Madagascar. This is the, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Caribbean anymore. I know. Cool. Awesome. Mercedes, thank you so much for sharing your story. And just you're always just a ball of energy. And I just appreciate you being on and taking time out of your day to be here. Thank for the people you. that want to know more about you and just like connect with you, you're fairly accessible, right? Fairly accessible. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, not too busy, but MBX Homes on Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. Awesome. She's going to be a rising star, guys. 2024. She's going to be famous. Watch out. Get in before it's too late. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mercedes. And hopefully you have a good day. You too, Patrick. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Patrick Real Estate Show. If you found this episode helpful, please give us a follow and leave us a five-star review. Your support truly means a lot. And connect with Patrick in the show notes below. Until next time.